0: Welcome to Straight from the Tap podcast, where Cindy and Haynes tackle the important and not so relevant topics that you want and need to hear. To. Straight, Straight
1: from the, the tap. tap. How's it going? Good. How's your week? Or right, it's been okay. It's been like a little heavy, but I did notice something or thought of something in the car when I was coming over here, so I don't want to forget it. So I was listening to. Do you listen to the weekend? Yeah, in your eyes. Yeah. So. I like I was listening to the blinding light song, which is so fucking catchy. Yeah. And I was thinking like, he started out as like a lean Adderall rapper and he's kind of morphing into this like Michael Jackson-esque pop star area. He's kind of going that route. And then it made me think about like Mac Miller started as a rapper and then he kind of phased into different genres and he ended his, his last album was like this beautiful melodic work of art. And then he died. And in a way, it's almost like it was such a perfect album and it couldn't have gotten better. Not saying that he needed to die, but like...
0: So you're saying that The weekend is going to die.
1: No, I'm. not. this is not about death. <laughs> well, I th- started thinking about Mac Miller and about his death, which is really sad. But Michael Jackson is also dead. Michael Jackson is too. Where I was going with it is that it's interesting to me that you have rappers that transition to new genres, but you don't really have the opposite occur. Like you don't have like the Lumineers stop doing what they're doing and turn to hip-hop. And I disagree. Right. Give an example. And like, I okay. am a Swiftie. Okay. All right, this does
0: not count. Country, <laughs> pop, indie. Honestly, like, Reputation was had some rap in there. Okay. Well,
1: maybe I am biased, but I don't think she did any of those genres well. What? that's just me that's just me and i get it i get it like obviously she's a successful artist so there must be people out there that enjoy her work i just don't think she goes deep into any of the work that she did like she wasn't a fantastic country star in my opinion nor was she a standout pop star i think folklore is one of the best albums it is
0: the best album of 2020 one of the best albums of all time my number one song is exile i listened to it like over 50 times since it came out
1: i will say i have not listened to that one and i'll give it a chance before have you listened to the album at all no. okay all right and i don't hate taylor Swift, no evidence no that, and that's true that's true i have some songs of hers that are super fun and sweet but again i just i don't think she goes that deep into her music which is fine and and there's people out there that need to be lighthearted and make music that it's just fun and not deep i will agree she did get a
0: little like vengeful and then poppy
1: she made an attempt to call out pop culture in a way that just completely flopped but it's okay it's fine i hate that song but it's so catchy the only song i hate that's everywhere is it's um panic at the disco and, and like they kind of had a change as well. Like they kind of became more lighthearted. And it's a it's a song that goes. <laughs> yes. Oh, so annoying. Yeah. All right, y'all. Fun
0: fact about Cindy: If you ask her to sing a song, she doesn't actually sing the words. The first time I met Cindy, I was at a job interview, actually, and she was talking about <laughs> job a very, oh, yeah. it was the most, the most professional setting. And she was talking about doing karaoke and her favorite karaoke song is an Adele song. Least favorite. Oh, least favorite. Yeah. So she starts to sing it and she does not sing the words. It's just like, nah, nah, nah. and you know what? I need
1: an encore. Proceed. My friend and I decided to go to our local Mexican bar. Just a little background on this story. We went to a local local Mexican restaurant, really, but they had karaoke on Fridays. And we were feeling bold. She went up and did a song, and she was great. She did kind of one of those, a a lighthearted, funny song that got the crowd kind of pumped. And in my mind, I thought that I would take on this, it was Make You Feel My Love by Adele. And I thought that I would take the song on and stir the crowd to tears (laughs) by singing this. And I get up there and the mic does the thing where it goes, and everyone's just looking at you. And for some reason, when I was thinking about this song, it was like three keys lower in my head than what it actually is. And so I had to raise my voice up so high to reach it. And it was just, it was a fucking nightmare but it's Make You Feel My Love by Adele, and it goes, I'm I'm walking in heaven, there's nothing that I want to do to make you feel my love. Why do you do this thing where it's like, you have voice in the morning, you're like, you make you... I have a terrible fear of... If I can hold back slightly, then when it's bad, it's because I didn't try hard, right? But, like, if I was to actually stick my heart out and try and then it was also bad, that's bad. So that's kind of why I hold back. I would give you credit for being wholeheartedly yourself. So,
0: on a more serious note, how have you been feeling aside thinking
1: about the weekend dining? <laughs> It's funny you bring the topic of, well, I guess I brought the topic of death up because I just, I've had a really off week and it's kind of, it it was kind of subtle. I, I had a great week last week and then the weekend kind of hit. I just kind of felt weighted down, and I had this terrible nightmare on Saturday night about my boyfriend killing himself. I'm not going to like go into detail, but it was just so vivid. One of those dreams, you wake up and you're screaming, but you can't scream just yet, so you're just kind of hyperventilating, and I'm like, I'm grabbing him. and I, I can't believe in the moment that he's still breathing, and he's right there. It was such a vivid dream. Have you ever had ones like that? Yeah. I've, my dreams have really been freaking me out sometimes lately. Have you been to dream analysis?
0: Yes, but I do not. I think it's interesting, but I don't like to look into it too much because it could really freak me out and make me think something bad
1: is happening. Right. You texted me saying just a very logical statement. You know, you've been thinking, you've been worried about your boyfriend lately, so it makes sense that those fears and anxieties would have just seeped into your dreams, and it's nothing more than that. I, I agree. I do kind of think dreams maybe hold some sort of deeper subconscious meaning or in some certain circumstances, they're playing back something that happened in a past life or something, if we really even want to go that deep. But like you said, I don't want to, I would just freak myself out more if I look too into it. Yeah. And I
0: think whenever someone's feeling very anxious or depressed or manic or whatever, that's what we need to hear is logic. I I told you that my therapist, she just tells me this, these logical things that you just need to hear. Yeah. Like you get all these crazy thoughts. Oh my God, what if this happens? I'm so sad about this. Or And most of those come from irrational thoughts and fears. And so you normally just need someone to tell you, this is the reality. You need to come back down to earth or come back up to earth and face the reality and accept the reality. And I think that's a really important key to mental health is trying to stay in tune with reality. And it's really hard. Oh, it's so hard.
1: There's there's a time and place for me, I'm starting to delve more into my spirituality and things like that. And my sister is way ahead of me in that sense of she's done so much research and looking into things and she's done past life regressions and hypnosis into past lives and, and spiritual things like that. And I'm super interested in that and where it could take me. But at the same time, for example, today over the last couple of weeks, she's been asking me to make an appointment with the woman who did her past life regression, which I don't know what really what it is. But the way I understand it is that there's some hypnosis taking place that lets you uncover things that happened maybe in a past life. I had to make an appointment to do like a virtual FaceTime before I get that set up. And it was just stressing me out so much because I already have a therapist here. And then now I have to set up a therapist with someone in New York just for this one thing. I'm only going to be in New York for a couple of days. And this appointment is three or four hour appointment. I didn't, I just didn't want to have that weighing over me when I go home to travel and see my family. I told her today, I'm like, you know what? It's just not the time. It's, it didn't seem to be working out, but I'll do it another time. And she was like, no, your, your ancestors are looking down at you and, and, cursing you for putting aside your past and your destiny and I'm just like yeah but I get it we're all spiritual beings and the world is a simulation but at the same time like I'm fucking living in it I'm the one feeling anxious not my ancestor so I'm gonna do what makes me comfortable and I'm not gonna go to this appointment
0: yeah that you just brought up a lot of different things that I'd want to talk about and I think the first one is the existence of a higher power and I talk about this with a lot of friends, and I have a lot of friends with very a variety of spiritual backgrounds. And I've also read a lot of self-help books because self-help is my favorite genre. People never stop improving. What is that? Home Depot, Lowe's. Lowe's. Never stop improving.
1: Now it's helping the doers do more. So sure. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. So honestly, I'm really I'm really more of a Lowe's
1: gal. Never stop improving. It's funny because my name is low, but I have always... So you know how I described the post office with, with such admiration and, and just a deep love for the post office? That's kind of, I have the same feelings towards Home Depot. Yeah, but you never know where the fuck anything is. Exactly. Maybe we're breaking into something here. Yeah,
0: yeah. We need a hardware store navigation class right after <laughs> sex ed in middle school. Shout out to all superintendents.
1: We have home economics and sew pillows, but we don't learn how to do our taxes or find a hammer. Because that's the men's job. But men have to take
0: home ec. Do they? Yeah. All I'm saying is my boyfriend had a string hanging off of his crotch on his jeans the other day, and he walked around with that string hanging around until I cut it off.
1: So So I'm the home ec queen here. Okay, so I have a confession... I mean every time my boyfriend has shorts, he breaks the button on them. He has three pairs of shorts currently. I swear him. it's a man thing. He has missing buttons on three pairs of his shorts and I told him I'm like, "Oh, babe, just get me a sewing kit and I'll fix it." And I said that to be like the cool girlfriend that can fix things and is like girly and homely. I don't know how to fucking sew. I don't either. <laughs> I, have some, I don't know what I would do if he came up with a, with a sewing kit.
0: Emma taught me how to cross stitch and sew and knit and everything, but I forgot because it's, right. just, it's just not a passion of mine.
1: I My fifth grade teacher actually taught our fifth grade class how to knit. I had a scarf. It was such an ugly scarf, but it was a scarf nonetheless, and I forgot. And then when I moved down to North Carolina a few years ago, I was looking for friends. I didn't know anybody. I wanted to meet new people and have a new hobby. So I went to the local yarn store and did a knitting class. And it was just two other very old ladies there. And it was not for me. And now Cindy's two number one friends on MySpace are (laughs) Luann and Betty. Yeah, Betty's number two. She she said some shit. So she got knocked down. Betty talked shit about Cindy's prune juice supply in her fridge. I want to try prune juice. It's very good for your colon. I'm extremely constipated. I'm at the end of my rope.
0: We will have to discuss the issue of bowel movements, yeah. hearts, and constipation on a whole other episode. I'm
1: thinking, yeah, I'm thinking sometime this week I'll try Perindus and I'll come back next episode and, yes. and and recount my adventures. Yes. So, all of you ladies with poop insecurities, don't worry. Yeah, you're not alone.
0: And you men out there with poop insecurities, more to come on that one. So, anyway, back to the concept of higher power. I think, you know, a lot of people in our generation right now, honestly, I think a lot of us struggle with the concept of spirituality and finding our own ways, especially if we might have been told to go to church at a certain denomination or automatically baptized or confirmed in a certain denomination just because that's what it was expected to do. I think a lot of Our generation struggles with spirituality. And I've actually been open and honest with my family about that. I don't necessarily know what denomination I want to be, but, you know, I spoke to my grandmother one time. She kind of told me, she shamed me for not going to church on Father's Day. And honestly, I was in the wrong that day because my dad said he just wanted us to go to church with him for Father's Day. And I was in the wrong for doing that, but I was really struggling, and I feel like I felt a lot better when I told my mom and my dad, I don't really know if I believe in or like this religion that I was raised in, but it was an interesting thing that my grandmother said is just pick a church, pick a church and go just find something to believe in. And I definitely do think I believe in that. And I agree with that because no matter what you believe in or what your spirituality is, I think it really does a good job of grounding people and bringing you back to having faith in your future and faith in why you were brought here. So whatever your higher power is, whether it's multiple gods or one God, or a savior that had come down to earth, or even mother nature, I think it's really important to believe in that higher power and know that there is a purpose. And if you think about it, if you just boil it down to worshiping earth and how crazy it is that we are these walking bodies existing, it's pretty fucking awesome. I
1: think the really cool thing about religion and spirituality is it, when you think about it as a concept, it seems, it can be really intimidating and mind boggling to try and put together the ideas that some of these things happened the way that they did in the universe and played out. But then you also have the other side of the equation, which is science and a reason mathematically and scientifically for every single thing that's happened ever and when you can when we start to get into that you have the same overwhelming feeling at least i do when, when you know when you think about the universe and it's constantly expanding you can kind of fall into yourself thinking about it trying to comprehend it and then where religion steps in is kind of the humanity of science in saying that to a certain extent the only thing that we can do is to believe even if we can't see it or prove it and that's helping us helping our minds make sense of all of that stuff. And when it boils down to it, I think that's
0: what faith is and what religion is, is just believing in something.
1: Yeah. And I mean, certainly there are people that extort that, but I think when you see people that are lost in the world and then see them come to terms with something that clicks with them, it's a really beautiful thing. So anyway, Cindy, going back to
0: this dream you had. Tell me more about how it affected you and your week and what you did to kind of handle it.
1: It was one of those dreams you wake up and it just rattles you to your core. And so I wake up and I I grab my boyfriend and I'm still processing that I'm alive and it was just a dream. And again, I woke up, I went back to bed. That was about five. I woke up around eight and I definitely felt like my day had been altered. I planned to just, it was a normal Sunday. I was going to go to Trader Joe's. We were supposed to hang out that day actually. And I still just felt so off from it. My boyfriend was sleeping when I left, so I didn't really get a chance to kind of debrief with him. Um, and And I think I was really craving that. And I wish I had done that. I wish I just woke him up, but I didn't, I let him sleep. And then did my errands, I came home, he had actually had a virtual reiki appointment he's he's getting more into reiki and kind of therapy and stuff which is awesome and i'm excited for him because i've never done reiki actually but i've heard stories from people who have i i'm not going to do a good job of explaining it because frankly i'm not really totally sure what it is i do know that it's i think it's a form of more physical therapy and the reiki therapist or reiki performer i don't know the proper term but they heal you or Mental health through physical energy and transferring and picking up on physical cues. My sister has done Reiki. One of my boyfriend's best friends has done Reiki. So if any listeners out there have any Reiki experience, please drop us a line and educate us because we're always open to more healing techniques. I think that's super cool. But I didn't I didn't really get a chance to talk to my boyfriend the entire day because of things that were just going on in his world and in my world, and it never kind of aligned. And I think that really rattled me. And I, I, I had no energy. And at the same time, my head was racing like a mile a minute. So I had another thing on my mind the whole day is we're going back to New York for the holidays. And my mom had recently emailed with you know how my mom writes. She's very formal. So she sent said, I I hope this me. We'll you <laughs> yeah, she was very sweet and polite with her email, but basically it was a list of precautions that she wanted us to take for traveling and visiting with COVID going on. So my boyfriend and I slightly kind of conflict with COVID stuff. I wouldn't say he's an anti-masker and I wouldn't say that I'm You know, super gung ho pro vaccine. I think there's a lot of misinformation around both worlds, but he's definitely the less willing one to take certain precautions, which which can be tricky because with with a lot of things that you disagree with in a relationship, you can kind of agree to disagree and move on and not let it affect you. And my grandma, who's 101, her sister in law is super Republican. She's super Democrat, and they have generally been able to just kind of not talk about politics and remain super close but in the last couple of years it's like seeping more and more personally into people's lives which is interesting and it's troubling at the same time but it's also really cool that people are kind of taking on values that are stronger to their heart anyway my mom has this whole list of things that she wants us to do she wants us to isolate for a week before we head out which i think is logical she wants us to wear masks when we're in the house until we get tested which, again, I think is also perfectly reasonable request. But then she also added, this is not COVID related, but she added that, you know, we're going to be staying in separate bedrooms, me and my boyfriend. And that I did not tell him until last night. I had already explained the mask thing to him the other day, but I brought up the bedroom thing last night before I had gotten a chance to talk about the dream and any of my feelings that weekend and he got really upset more so at the fact that because he can kind of understand parents and their the way that they're brought up and the error that they're brought up in but he kind of and this kind of goes back to what we talked about last week of being an obedient daughter he couldn't understand that I would just take these suggestions and rules from my parents and just go along with them and the more I thought about it I thought and you know, maybe he has a point and I'm trying to just be respectful and accept all these rules but He's coming from a point of view saying, you know, we're 25, we're adults, we live together, we're responsible, we both work, we love each other, we're not going to be disrespectful and have sex in your parents' house. But I don't think it's much to ask to sleep in the same bed with my girlfriend. And it seemed like that was kind of a deal breaker for him. So that was really stressful talking about that with him. I think that's interesting because I would never sleep with my significant
0: other in my parents' house. Mm Mm-hmm. And it would be a respect thing if I slept in my slept in the same bed with my boyfriend at my parents' house because that's what they want, and I'm in their house and they're welcoming me into their home and it's what's expected of me and it's just I think it shows how we were definitely raised on
1: different backgrounds. That's where I have trouble because, because that's where that's, that's what I thought, and I was never offended at my parents suggesting that we don't sleep together until. He brought up the a trend that he's seen in me is that I'm afraid to kind of stand up to my parents and offer rebuttals to anything that they suggest, which I think is perfectly valid. But then at the same time, I'm also kind of under the belief or feeling that if I'm in their house, I'll listen to their rules. There's also a sense of keeping the
0: peace. I've seen a lot of families fall apart and I've seen arguments even within my own family where people aren't able to agree on differing values and it really, really, really draws a divide in the family. And at that point, I guess it depends on how strong that belief is with your parents because there comes a point you just want to keep the peace.
1: Yeah, I plan to call my mom today or tomorrow at some point and discuss it. Um, it's something that my boyfriend feels very strongly about, which I'm taking seriously because he's usually very, very agreeable. And it's also kind of challenging because when we visited his family, we slept together with no problem. And it's just we're, our parents, the way we were raised, is just very different. I don't know. I have this conflict now between doing what I want to make him feel comfortable, and also not disrespecting my parents at the same time. So I'm just kind of caught in the middle between all of that. And so that's what's kind of been going on in my life over the last weekend i just kind of felt really unsettled and not grounded I think is what it boils down to what are certain things that you do to try to ground yourself talking honestly is huge again sometimes pulling back and not talking feels good which I feel like I kind of did this weekend which I feel bad about but I just I didn't have it in me to talk I think that's important is listening to your body and physical cues on, on what feels good. Um, I remember when you were struggling with anxiety, I think last weekend, and I told you, you know, do something that's self-soothing, whether it's go for a walk or dance or wrap yourself up in a blanket. You know, some people's idea of hell is just sitting in one place and being still, and then your mind just races a million miles a minute. And some people would much rather do that rather than go up for a walk or something. And just cuddle and be comfortable. So listening to physical cues is really important when doing that. So honestly, putting on comfortable clothes makes such a difference. I mean, everyone does it when they come home from work. They take the bra. Off. Well, you don't because you work from home now. But
0: I never wear a bra.
1: <laughs> so I've heard, and I'm still undecided. I have differing information saying that if you don't wear a bra, it'll cause your boobs to sag. And if you do wear a bra, it'll cause your boobs to sag. One, because of just gravity, and then the other, if you wear a bra, your boobs are going to get too reliant on support, and then when they're not supported, they're going to It matters either way. I had
0: a breast exam today. I learned how to examine my breasts.
1: You never know how to examine your breasts? I think that's the first time I've been felt up at 8 a.m. Honestly, I enjoyed it. When I was single, and I know I'm not the only girl who feels this way because I've talked to some friends about it. I mean, even now that I'm in a relationship, when I go to the guy, know it's ah, oh, but I I, especially when I was single, I would go and just the light pressure that they apply in certain areas, and they're doing it so intentionally they know exactly where their hands need to be and the coolness of this cold metal speculum and the the way that they're describing what they're doing is just there's something very pleasurable about it for me no no no
0: i i I might agree
1: that the technique
0: of the the breast exam could do something
1: oh i like the breast exam too
0: but pap smears are not pleasurable
1: children children listening do not believe cindy pap smears are not pleasurable every woman should go to a gynecologist as early as you think is necessary i had friends that did not see a gynecologist until they were like 23 which is appalling to me
0: Oh, I went right away when I was eighteen, but that's because my I have a lot of family that has, has had cancer. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I went to the gynecologist this morning, first thing in the morning. So, the good thing about going to your annual exam first thing in the morning is when you step on that scale, that is the oh, lightest. So skinny. That is the lightest you're gonna be all day. So I. <laughs> I was very happy with the weight that I saw on the scale. But the downside is the shame surrounding the color of your pee. So I had to pee in the cup. So, you know, first thing when you wake up in the morning, you pee. And so I peed when I woke up this morning and then I immediately drank coffee. So now the lab scientist has probably maybe one tablespoon of pee that I was able to push out that smells like coffee and is probably looks like orange juice. Once
1: I pee, it's really hard for me to pee again for a while. So if I have morning appointments, what I'll just do is try and fight the urge to do the morning pee immediately and have my morning pee be at the doctor's office. And the results can vary. I'll leave it at that. Results
0: do vary. I know some people that have had to bring a pee cup home. One time we took our cat to the vet and they have to get a poop sample from cats. So they normally scrape the cat's butthole, but our vet said that our cat had the cleanest butthole, a very tidy hiney. Yes, but then that meant that the vet sent, yes, but then that meant that the vet sent us home with a cup to retrieve his poop. And send it back in. So and then also our cat really likes to lick. First thing in the morning, if you're petting him, he's purring, he's gonna lick you. So now I'm like, not only do I have to do we have to retrieve your poop and put it in a cup, but also you've been cleaning your butthole religiously and then licking me with See
1: that's one thing that (laughs) I think as pet owners we just overlook. Maybe you think about it in some capacity, but Never to the extent where your pet is licking you and you think, oh, I need to get up. You just, you you sit there and you take it because it's your pet. Oh yeah. My dog could lick me in the mouth and I'd be like, I love you. Right. Yeah. I hear that when you have a baby, baby shits smell terrible, but I've heard that some, and maybe it's oxytocin, Mm -hmm. some bonding hormone kicks in and the smell of your baby's bodily fluids and excretions do not bother you. And I mean, God, I hope that's the case.
0: No, my mother, the amount of vomit and poop my mother probably had to clean up, straight disgusting. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Judy. Were
1: you a shardy baby?
0: No, I threw up all the time. Not oh, I would wow. get migraines and then I'd throw up and my migraine would go mm-hmm. away. Just do so- away. No, I don't get migraines anymore. I just get hangovers, which is worse.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I have been very much enjoying not having hangovers. So for all my fans, for all our fans, or listeners who are just listening and not yet fans, but don't worry, you'll get there. I have decided to take a vow of silence and not drink alcohol. So whatever the swallowing equivalent of volume is. A vow of sobriety. Yeah. Yes. I prefer a vow of silence, though. That's just what people say. A vow of no swallow. Hunger, a hunger strike. Okay. An alcohol strike. Oh anyway. I'm not drinking alcohol. I decided to do this out of my own sheer will. I do not have a drinking problem. And I've noticed this about myself is that I kind of create these rules and see if I can stick to it. And then and they're, they're completely arbitrary. They're usually for no reason. And then I get so strict on myself about these rules that it, it kind of starts to negatively affect me and cause me anxiety. You know, I, I, there's no reason why I don't have to drink. I just decided to seem like, hey, maybe I'll just want not drink for the rest of the year and see if I can do it. And so now every time that I have an urge of wanting to drink a glass of wine or have a beer, I get really mad at myself. And I, this happens all the time with little things. I can't really think of an exa- another example at the moment. FODMAP. FODMAP diet. I I'm trying this FODMAP diet for my gut health, um and my intestinal health. And I mean, I, I haven't stuck to it well enough to I guess really see any noticeable change, but I'm just not the kind of person that can that that does well with that sort of thing. And by the sixth day of me trying, maybe not even the sixth, maybe like the third day of me trying, I'm like, fuck it, I want an apple. FODMAP is particularly strange because there's a lot of healthy foods that are high in FODMAP, so It's kind of tricky, but I I don't know. When I have structure or parameters around certain things, it almost makes it worse and makes me more obsessive about that thing. Does that ever happen to you? I have tried
0: eating vegan a lot, and I've actually been pretty dedicated to it. But I think in your case, it's similar to me, where you you don't want to make it a part of your identity. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, when you beat yourself up is because you – Say I am officially a sober person. And then you beat yourself up and feel like you're not being yourself. And so whenever I try to eat vegan more often, or honestly, over a year ago, I decided to start focusing on, I, I tried to be vegan and I noticed how good it felt. And so I basically took the intention of, for the rest of my life, deciding to choose plant-based meals, but I didn't want it to interrupt my happiness because I do have a history of an eating disorder and I don't like to let food define my life. I think that's what's important is whenever you mentally are feeling off, again, I'm going to quote Brene Brown, when energy is low, when mental health is low, you have to focus on the basics of life. Good sleep, Good food, you know, just be kind to each other, put good good That's food in your so body. Good. No, you need to make sure you're exercising. you need to make sure you're putting healthy food in your body and you need to make sure you're being kind to each other and kind to yourself. And so I think for you, just turn it into something healthy that you want to do for yourself and it almost turns into treating yourself and it goes whole back all the way back to that self-care. For me, self-care is making a vegan meal and going to bed early and waking up the next morning and going to yoga at 6 a.m. See, for
1: me, self-care would be drinking a bottle of wine on Wednesday and not going to work on Thursday.
0: Okay, but how do you feel on Thursday? Of anxiety. Anxiety. Exactly. So that's not self-care.
1: You're very right about the label thing. I think I, I had a similar experience, and I got the exact same advice from my therapist. I decided to try a vegetarian diet, and then I found myself... You know, every interaction I would have or, you know, food it obviously is a constant part of our lives. And every time there was food in front of me, I was remembering the fact that I had this vegetarian. I took this oath of vegetarianism and it kind of got in the way. And I almost started to, you know, the stereotype about vegans is that, you know, they are judging everyone else. that's not a vegan. And I started to kind of see people eating meat and judge them. Where does that come from? And I, I got rid of this label and I, my therapist told me to just look at it as a plant-based diet. And sometimes you eat plants and sometimes you don't. But you're still plant-based, right? So you lose that label on everything and then everything kind of starts to even out. And, and that's you know, ultimately, ultimately, everyone has a plant-based diet, you know, even if they're eating meat, that meat has eaten a
0: plant. I think vegetarianism can be taken the wrong way because it's really easy to, to eat really bad when you're a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. You can eat mac and cheese every meal. Right. And you're being a vegetarian. But I think plant-based diet is a way better way of framing it and saying, I'm gonna focus on putting good, healthy foods in my body.
1: Um, I've been looking more into or opening up more to the idea of hunting, actually. I used to be PETA level anti-hunting, and my boyfriend he comes from the Midwest and he grew up in the outdoors and that's part of his life, and kind of hearing all these stories from hunters that have so much respect for the wilderness and the life of the animal that they decide to hunt and it kind of puts things in perspective about the way that we're eating now without hunting and in a way the food or the meat that we're eating now is has a much worse life than a deer that's lived in the wild its entire life lived a pure life and then was shot and instantly killed absolutely i saw a netflix documentary about it which was really good i can't remember the name but i was i've been kind of exploring that world a little bit more and that concept. And I want to start kind of doing some more research on food, I think, in general as kind of a portal to health and wellness and mental health.
0: The best way to bring it back is to think about a car. A car needs to go with fuel. So if you're running low on fuel, if you're not putting good fuel in your car, it's not going to run. Think of a luxury Mercedes. Are you 83 (laughs) or 82? I always just automatically hit 83 because it's the cheapest. Oh, I don't go by numbers. I think of regular, supreme, or unleaded. Regular, unleaded, or supreme. Oh, oh I always do numbers. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. Anyway, us southern folk, we say. <laughs> you say the words, you spell regular or supreme. God. So my mom has a very nice car. She has a Mercedes, and she puts supreme in mm-hmm. her car and you know what i bet that mercedes has way better mental health than my toyota camry that mercedes is very confident and secure in her life God, bitch. that's what she's thinking she's a supermodel because she actually knows supermodels are not a good example of
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for a little fake news
0: So in this segment, we're basically going to give you some news from a local headline each week, but it's not necessarily going to be true. And the fun part of it is that Cindy's going to pull a headline from a random local newspaper, and I get to guess what it's about. And you can guess along with me if you want. Here we go, Cindy. What's our headline?
1: Okay, so this news headline hails from the Press-Telegram, which was published in Long Beach, California. The headline is prescription for Christmas cheer.
0: What happened is a man living in Long Beach, he was diagnosed with cancer and the only cure for his cancer diagnosis was for him to dress up as Santa Claus and it would bring him and others Christmas cheer. Therefore, this man, he's a miracle. And his story has only recently come out during this year. Long Beach News, they actually found out about this story back in July, but they wanted to wait for a timely storytelling. So it was actually back in 2015, Mr. Chris Kringle. I know, it's very ironic, but his name is actually Chris Kringle, and that's what makes it so appropriate. He came back to his actual calling. So, Mr. Chris King Kringle was diagnosed with cancer, and the only cure was for him to be Santa Claus. And now he is a 10-year survivor. And now Mayo Clinic is researching Christmas cheer as an actual prescription. So, you're going to have to hit up your local pharmacy to get a little extra Christmas cheer this year. Be careful; it may be addictive. may be able to help if you can't afford your medication.
1: Okay, I'm going to. You're honestly not too far off the point, so you kind of hit the nail on the head with uh, an abstract cure. So, but it's it's really not as in depth as you went, but I appreciate the ambition. So, prescription for Christmas cheer highlights snowy pines, Christmas tree stand, and amid a pandemic. People are in desperate need for cheer as early as possible, so um, people have been buying their Christmas trees at a record-breaking early time of the year. And if you need smiles in your life, then go to Snowy Pines Christmas Trees, the best darn trees in here in these here woods. And that is the slogan, and that is the business that we are deciding to support today.
0: Yes. Thank you for your sponsorship, Snowy Pines Christmas Trees.
1: It's really a sustainable business because it says for every tree we purchase, two more are planted. Although, two more are planted only to be ripped up the next year, so maybe not. Just remember, don't let your Christmas
0: tree catch on fire this year. Keep it watered, even if you bought it early. And clean the lint out of your
1: dryer lint catcher, because that's also a big fire starter.
0: I did not know that we were going into preventing house fires. Smokey the Bear, only you can make a difference. I don't think that's the right slogan. Only you can prevent forest fires. Only you can prevent house fires. Never stop improving, folks. Thanks, Lowe's. Thanks, Snowy Pines. Thanks, Smoking the Bear, for our sponsorships. And we look forward to chatting with you all next week.